it started to become more apparent to us that maybe this is a better way to change an organization. If you start at the ground level, the people who are really doing the work. There, you get them out of working in fear mode yep. because you give them enough tools and resources and, and communication tools that they can, they can prevent a lot of the disasters that hit most projects. And then the changes that you're trying to implement, instead of suggesting those changes to a leader who then has to decide whether or not they're going to do it company-wide and then make that happen and then get everyone educated, instead you educate the people who are actually doing the work mm -hmm. on how these changes can be meaningful to them, why they should use them, and then one by one they can start using them. Mm -hmm. And as they use them, they will see benefits, the projects will see benefits. Hopefully, they will start to share that knowledge with the people around them, with their peers. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, this natural change is kind of happening from the bottom up. Welcome to The Critical Path with Mary and Jason, a podcast about business development, company culture, and loving the place you work just a little bit more. This is episode 74 after a long break. Coming out of the cave here. Yeah, we are. Episode 74, and for the, the faithful listeners, we, we still had a lot of listens even in the months that we've been away. Yeah, uh, but, this month actually was really good. But this is the first episode back to it, and uh, we wanted to do a little bit of housekeeping and first start off by talking about March sessions that are coming up. Mm -hmm. So we're running Foreman Basic Training and PM Basic Training. These are our primary business functions right now, and they're both eight week intensive programs to give your foreman and give your project managers and PEs a leg up in terms of stepping into those new positions. So more info to come on that and uh, feel free to check that out. Yeah, but the March sessions are filling up. So that's why we wanted to talk about it here at the beginning. If you are listening and you're interested in that, get yep. on it because it is going fast. Yep. Foremanbasic.com and pm-basic.com. You can check out the availability and a little bit more about the program. Yep, absolutely. So what are we talking about today? Well, it's been a long time, and any time you've had this kind of break in in an effort like this, it's always good to chat about uh, what happened and, and sort of retool to figure out what the next steps are going forward. Yeah, so we haven't been podcasting as much, and some of it was that it was a gargantuan effort to get that first form and basic mm -hmm. off the ground. We were really focused in on making sure everything was running great during the eight weeks of that first program. For those basic training programs, we also include as homework podcast episodes that go <laughs> yes. along with with uh, those programs in order to make it lighter and more fun, more entertaining uh, for the folks who are participating. So there was a lot of effort going into that. And right now we're actually going through the process of fine tuning our project management program as well. Uh, so there was a lot of effort going in a lot of different directions at that time, but so also took, the world. Yeah, I was going to say, so we took a little bit of a pause because we were just putting so much energy into that program and getting it launched. But also, we really started, Arcade really started changing a mm -hmm. lot. And it started to get a little harder to figure out what to do what to podcast about. Mm -hmm. That's something that we never had trouble with. The whole time we've run The Critical Path is, what are we gonna podcast about this week? And it, there were always plenty of options. It's, it's the Venn diagram of things that you're passionate about and also things that people really wanna learn about or hear about. Mm -hmm. So we, we really had to kind of take a minute and start asking some questions about 
where are we going and what are we doing and what is the critical path? Because early on, I think we wanted to take the stance of feeling like the critical path is a separate entity from Arcade. The critical path is the podcast and Arcade is the company that we do the training and we Mm -hmm. do the consulting. You know us. Yeah. And uh, so the thought was that the critical path would carry on the same regardless of what happened at Arcade. Mm -hmm. But as Arcade changed more and more, we started to realize that that wasn't really the case. Mm -hmm. So we started to really think about where the podcast came from and what it was. And the truth is that I think every podcast, it's its own piece of art. It's Mm -hmm. like if you're going to write a book or if you're going to make a movie, a podcast is, it has a purpose. And the purpose of The Critical Path has always kind of been reflecting who and what Arcade is. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, we started the podcast off with basically the grand opening of our office. And we had a raffle. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about the formation of our our core principles of the organization. Yeah, if you go all the way back, the very first episode of The Critical Path, Mm -hmm. aside from having like not Besides great being audio, rough, yeah. <laughs> audio processing, yeah. um, also is a really boring episode because mm-hmm. all we're really doing is telling you who won the raffle mm-hmm. at the grand opening. And in the beginning, we kind of talk about different topics that are relevant to us at that time. Mm-hmm. And as we move through time, then we had a, a employee, a Dakota, who was actually mm-hmm. a handful he was on a handful of podcast episodes because yeah. that was kind of the phase of the business that yeah. we were in. Once he was working here, then he was a part of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we didn't talk a lot about it when he left because we wanted to give him personal space. space. Yeah. Uh, but then as we went, so much of the subject matter of the podcast, the episodes, would be actually related to big breakthroughs that we had with clients. Mm-hmm. So as we went about our consulting, some client... Uh, would have a problem we would go in and solve it we would have kind of an aha moment in solving that problem and then we come back and cut a podcast about what we learned Mm -hmm. and concealing the the names of folks and what have you but the idea is that there's a story there that is really valuable to the bigger world and the folks who listen so that was kind of what was driving a lot of the the podcast topics that we had at that point yeah and you know i can remember a lot of times sitting down and saying okay what are we going to podcast about this week and we'd both be like i don't know and then i'd say well what's going on with that project we're Mm -hmm. coaching well, what's going on with that PM we're coaching? Mm-hmm. And as you talked about some of those things, we would all of a sudden have a podcast topic. So we were ramping up to our 50th episode, and typically in podcasting, mm-hmm. you do special things at, at certain intervals that to s- celebrate the fact that you made it. Yeah, milestones. Yeah. And our the, the title of our 50th episode is, This Is Not How We Planned to Spend Our 50th Episode. Yep. Because COVID hit. And, when and how cute that we thought... We would do that episode about COVID, and in a couple Couple of weeks, weeks, the world was going to straighten back out. Right. (laughs) So a lot of our business model at that point, because we were really leaning into in-person training, a lot of work that we were doing at that point shifted and dissolved for the reason Mm -hmm. that that there was the in-person panic that was happening. At that point, too, in-person training wasn't even our main. That was, Mm -hmm. we, we, if you remember, it used to be the thing we would tell people that training was a third of what Mm -hmm. we did. So we did all all kinds of in-person work, going into companies and working with everyone there at the office. And then everyone went home. So we had been really close with ABC for a number of years, uh, gosh, I think seven years, and headed up uh, a program for them called Builder Chat. And the focus of that was to help get people through COVID, to help folks with PPP, to talk about construction and safety issues. We did a lot of pulling information together about all of the, if anyone remembers right there at the beginning as Mm -hmm. things first shut down from COVID, 
the safety regulations were changing on a regular basis, and there was all, all kinds of information coming out about what was being done to help companies, and we were doing a lot of gathering that information together and helping people yeah, so get there their was, heads around it. And there was a lot of curation of information and, and trying to get the right information to, to people's hands. Uh, and then the, the sister thing that happened at, at that point in time were, had to do with the, the Black Lives Matter movement mm-hmm. uh, and diversity topics that started uh, exploding in, in the country. And we took that opportunity to really have start conversations and start our own education about awareness of racial issues and, and diversity issues in our country. Yeah, before that, we would have thought that we were fairly aware of what was going on. We were certainly aware of a lot of the inequality and a lot of the issues that existed. We'd already been trying to work toward those things. But when we started having more frank conversations with people who that's their lived experience, we started to realize that there was a whole piece of that that we still didn't know, even after uh, making an effort to be aware of those things. And a lot of that really pertains, especially in the construction industry, because we are we are a conservative industry. We are reluctant to change. We, we resist change as an industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so as an industry, we have more work to do on racial and diversity issues than most other industries do. And we're going to have an episode coming up here where we're going to talk a lot more about what we learned and how we decided to try to place our feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mean we're right, but we're doing our best to try to do our part mm-hmm. um, without getting into a space that we don't have a place for. So we'll be talking more about that uh, in an upcoming episode about our Build the Circle scholarship plan. Yeah, stay tuned for that. That's yeah, going to be good. Yeah, and then we have, we will typically have some really cool guests on that are working on some neat programs and projects. We had Brian Arnold and uh, Tam Nguyen on from uh, BN Builders, and uh, what we've had. Uh, 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 Trevor Lundy from GLY. Trevor Lundy technology. from GLY. Uh, Catherine Larson, who mm-hmm. had the uh, some conversation about using natural materials, that mm-hmm. was really cool. Yeah. But before that, we had we've always had guests on the podcast, but we tended to have episodes with us talking about concepts mm-hmm. and philosophy and some crunchy construction stuff and some nerdy stuff. It was a lot of kind of who we are, and then at this point in time, this is when we were starting to on to be completely honest, we were starting to scramble. Mm -hmm. And we were starting to try to figure out what we were going to do to keep our business moving because in-person training Mm -hmm. stopped. And one of the things, one of the kind of pivots that we took and actions that we took was just to start talking to as many people as we could. Mm -hmm. And what we found is a lot of really interesting people who had interesting stories to tell, and we started bringing them onto the podcast. But what I found happened was that we started to just have a different guest every week. Mm-hmm. and I, So then it was just guest-focused. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I thought everyone that we brought on, I really felt like they had something interesting to offer. But I felt like we lost our focus a lot as a podcast because it just became that. And, and we are going to talk a little more about that that uh, guest of the week format. Mm-hmm. And I, it's hard to have a focus when that's your format. And if the, the critical path is a reflection of who we are and what we do, mm-hmm. uh, then we were just becoming just just a guest spot podcast. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that that happened because at that time, that was kind of, we hit the skids and we were like, well, we're going to have to pivot. We're going to have to change. Again. And we were like, I don't really know what we're mm-hmm. going to do. I don't really know what's next. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of that loss of focus in the podcast uh, was a reflection of the loss of, we just kind of didn't know what our next move was mm-hmm. uh, as a company. 
part of what the struggle was in making that next big pivot was that before COVID even hit, we were starting to recognize some issues that we had with the work that we were doing. Mm -hmm. Just And at this point, we didn't really have our arms around what was going on. It was just that we weren't as happy with the work that we were doing as we could be. And as all of that realization was hitting us, there was also a lot going on politically. Mm -hmm. So we were really close with ABC for seven years, Associated Builders and Contractors, and did a lot of work for them at many levels. And, a client and it was always clear between us that there was a political divide. Absolutely. You know, I remember uh, early in the the administration that was going on, they, they had Mike Pence come and speak mm -hmm. at something. And mm -hmm. I was like, not great. Not I'm great. Not, not happy about yeah. this. And, uh, and it wasn't just about politics, but uh, a client of ours flagged that ABC National had put out a formal endorsement for Trump. And this was in the, the thick of so many of the, the explosive things that were happening in the country. Uh, that I felt like was anathema to a lot of the, the good-spirited, progressive things that we're trying to do for our industry. Oh, and we felt like, you know, politics are politics. Mm -hmm. and We're not is, talking about policy difference here. Mm -hmm. It is a huge part of business to be able to interact and have good relationships with people who have really different ideas than you do mm -hmm. about how things should be run. I love debate. I, I love debate about philosophy. I love Politics used to be my sport. So, I, you know, people often keep it really close to the, the vest mm -hmm. about their politics, but it's probably not surprising to anyone who listens to this to know that we're pretty dyed-in-the-wool liberals. Yeah, if you've we're, made it to episode 70, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's out there. We're big supporters of a lot of social programs and a lot of that stuff. But again, the point is, if you're not, mm -hmm. if you're conservative, that's not a problem mm -hmm. for us. But I think everyone who is listening can be aware, things had started to reach a tenor where things were very different with this administration mm -hmm. than we weren't talking anymore about, do I think we should spend more money or less money? Do I think we should make more laws or fewer laws? It was a different conversation that was starting to happen. Mm -hmm. And we, I can remember sitting in these chairs where we're sitting right now and having the conversation where we said, if we continue to just go along mm -hmm. and not say anything and, and just say, well, nothing. everybody believes what they believe. Yeah. We're just going to do nothing. And things really go off the rails. Are we going to have regrets? Are yeah. we going to be okay with that? Are we going to wish that we had really thrown in on what we believe, which again is not blue versus red, mm -hmm. but that something was happening that was wrong. So we communicated that. And, uh, and then shortly thereafter, uh, formally withdrew from ABC mm -hmm. and denounced the the inaction or failure to stand against national uh, it was a it was a relatively decent dust up and it was important that that our community know that that's something that we stand against and it's important that when you see things like that happening uh, to, to our world and to our people that even if it's painful even if it hurts mm -hmm. uh, and it did that you you stand by what's right and and do what you need to do so this this choice uh, and we made it knowing exactly what would happen we were not at all surprised but it had incredible professional fallout for us mm -hmm. uh, and not just professional fallout i feel like there was personal, personal fallout yeah. we uh, lost relationships with people that to be completely honest we really valued and mm -hmm. were really sad to lose uh, we lost business relationships that we have had for the entire life of our business mm -hmm. uh, and 
we weren't sure where to turn next because mm-hmm. we lost enough of our client list mm-hmm. that we weren't sure we were going to be able to keep the doors open. Mm-hmm. And in a, a bit of the soul searching that we were doing, we were really moving to focus on training. And part of that conversation uh involved trying to figure out why we were becoming less happy mm-hmm. before all of this happened because that was the case. So we did we did some soul searching over the time that we've not been podcasting and over the time that we've been working really hard on just really we've been really focused on running these basic training programs that's mm-hmm. been our big focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're finding that to be extremely fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And the conversation that kind of came out now that we've run a whole cycle of form and basic and we're in another cycle and we're we're getting that uh, project management basic training ready to kick off and we started to realize that maybe a lot of our dissatisfaction had to do with the way that we were going about trying to change things the companies so our typical process would everyone's typical process yeah the typical process is that you start working with the leadership of the company Mm -hmm. and they can identify a handful of things that they're unhappy with but we would go in and assess the company. Well, or even if they can't identify what's mm-hmm. wrong, they would have us come and help them figure out what's wrong, mm-hmm. which we liked doing. And then we would go to them and tell them what we thought needed to happen to fix it. Mm-hmm. But what we were doing is expecting that change to start at the top of the organization, we, at that we, one we, person or few people in leadership. Yeah, we would expect that they would have the fortitude or the bandwidth to be able to carry it out. So. The leader of the company cannot necessarily implement this process Mm -hmm. themselves, right? They have other things they're doing. So they need to identify someone with who is already within their company who can implement this. Mm -hmm. And whether or not at a construction company, you might have a lot of really great, really strong people. Whether or not you have a person who's capable of saying, here's this new initiative. Mm -hmm. I'm going to envision how it's going to look when it's done. I'm going to pick the right people. I'm going to roll it out. Whether you have that person at your company who can do that is not a given. You don't necessarily have someone who's good at that at your company. So the leadership would struggle to make the call or make the decision about what should happen next, would struggle to find a person with a bandwidth to implement it. Mm -hmm. And the skill set. We would struggle because... We are good at that and would like to do that, but we can't go to work for that client for 40 hours a week rolling Mm -hmm. this out. We would need that person who would have that skill set. And when we would go to a company and that person was there, it would go much better. Mm -hmm. But when that person wasn't there, it was a huge challenge. And ultimately, a huge challenge is getting that buy-in from the people who are doing the work every day because they cannot necessarily see how these changes are going to benefit them. So there's a lot of pushback and there's a lot of struggle. So companies, client companies would often have pushback from their foreman level, from their PM level. Mm -hmm. And the the challenge was that many of those folks didn't have the tools or the resources that they needed at that base level of management. And whatever we were trying to change, they often didn't have the tools or the skills to actually stay with that change. Mm -hmm. So... That, that's what was happening and that there was just a lot of kind of burned light and heat mm-hmm. in that process. And again, sometimes it went great. Sometimes we got amazing things done. Sometimes there were heartbreaking disappointments. And if anybody listening knows us, we are, are uh, super earnest. We're, we're plain spoken. Passion and, and love for what it is that we do is kind of at the front of everything. And if 
we're in a place where we're not loving what we're doing, then it has a psychic cost. It has a well, spiritual cost. And there are a lot of ways that you can make money. Mm -hmm. But for us, it's always been really important that we feel like we're actually making a change. We're actually, we're doing, actually good. doing good in mm -hmm. the world. And when we would go into a company to work with them and find that uh, the leadership would be challenged in implementing things. They didn't have the tools that they needed to implement it. The leader would try to implement it. The whole thing would kind of fall apart over and over again. And it was frustrating for them. It was frustrating for us. Mm -hmm. And it was disheartening. It was mm -hmm. heartbreaking. So as we took the shift immediately, the the first step of taking the shift to this form and basic and and leading to the PM basic was really just that this was something that we could do. This is a place where we can know that we're making a difference. Mm -hmm. we, we can know that we're helping uh, and, and let's just do that for a little while and kind of get clear of all these consulting relationships mm -hmm. and, and kind of try to figure out what went wrong. So by educating the, the base level of leadership and construction, not only are you creating a more equipped leadership group. Not only are you giving them better tools to manage construction projects and deal with leadership and conflict and technology, but you're also educating them on things like diversity. You're also educating them on things like how do we discuss race or sexism? How do we make sure that we're protecting each other mm -hmm. so that, that emotional uh, health and emotional safety and psycholog uh, psychological safety are real and, and breathing concepts mm -hmm. that they can interact with. And what is your responsibility to the people that you lead? Mm -hmm. how, how are you responsible for taking care of those people? Because often that education isn't there for them before this. So by moving the needle on a lot of these topics, we're able to start pushing the industry, at least in the Seattle area, in a direction that is more healthy for folks to, to cohabitate with us, to well, join. And in the program, one of the things that we do is they have a presentation that they give at the end of the program. And one of the things we ask them to present on is what's one thing that you have used, that you've learned over this eight weeks, and then used at work and, and explain to us how it went, how it changed things. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to see- are, These are called impact stories. Mm -hmm. We want to see evidence of how this program has already changed things for you. Mm -hmm. And we were concerned when we first made that uh, uh, requirement requirement that that we'd get to the end and they'd be like I don't know I haven't really done anything mm -hmm. and in fact we get to the end and they're like it has been evident in so many places mm -hmm. that, it's difficult for them to pick one yeah I, I don't even know which one to pick mm -hmm. and so as we started to see that it started to become more apparent to us that maybe this is a better way to change mm -hmm. an organization if you start at the ground level the people who are really doing the work give them the skills that they need so that they're no longer working in this vacuum where they don't have enough skills to, to do their day-to-day -day stuff. They're, you get them out of working in fear mode yep. because you give them enough tools and resources and, and communication tools that mm -hmm. they can they can prevent a lot of the disasters that hit most projects. And then the changes that you're trying to implement, instead of suggesting those changes to a leader who then has to decide whether or not they're going to do it company-wide and then make that happen and then get everyone educated, instead, you educate the people who are actually doing the work mm -hmm. on how these changes can be meaningful to them, why they should use them, and then one by one, they can start using them. Mm -hmm. And as they use them, they will see benefits. 
the projects will see benefits. Hopefully, they will start to share that knowledge with the people around them, with their peers. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, this natural change is kind of happening from the bottom up. And the beautiful thing is you don't need the leadership to make a decision. Mm -hmm. Because as a leader of a company, if I send my foreman through a program and then that foreman comes back and now they're doing stuff better and it's Mm -hmm. making their projects work better. It means that you have to to stress less about whether or not they're doing a good job. And they start naturally sharing that with each other. And next thing you know, everything's working better. I'd be nuts to go in there and say, whatever you're doing different, stop it. (laughs) Right. There's no there is no decision. There is no push to Mm -hmm. change. There is no force or fighting or resistance. It just starts to happen. Mm -hmm. And that feels to me it's we're early in this kind of development of this theory but it feels to me like that approach at changing an organization is just so much more natural and so much easier for everyone to be able to get their heads around and that's the the spirit behind the foreman basic training program and the pm basic training program the idea is that these places are where we need to start in order to start moving the needle on on uh successful improvements of our industry, both both practical but also uh, culturally. So it is so early in our development of this kind of theory of organizational change that it doesn't even have a, a fancy name yet. It doesn't have a, a slick marketing name. But right now we're thinking of it as just calling it bottom up organizational change. Not bottoms change. up? Not bottoms up. That's a, Like that's the song? Like your ringtone on your phone <laughs> when I call you? Yeah, no. <laughs> Bottom up organizational change. Was that Nelly? Might have been. Marquise Houston? No, that was different. That was Pop That Booty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the idea that that I think there's a bigger theory here to explore. Mm-hmm. You know, for a little while we kind of talked about the idea maybe we should give up consulting mm-hmm. and focus on training instead. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we've kind of come full circle now in the realization that we are continuing to influence organizational change, but we're working with the people who are doing the actual work because Mm -hmm. they are the ones who need the help. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that we look at it this way because often you will have a company who is ready and willing and happy to spend tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. to a consultant who will tell them how to fix it. Right. If instead of putting that money into paying someone to tell me how to fix it and then I still have to figure out how to make it happen. Mm-hmm. I can pay that money to invest in my people, to give them skills that are going to make their day-to-day lives easier regardless of whether organizational change starts happening. And it and it creates a common language in their team and mm-hmm. in their company so that we can refer to a lot of the the flagging issues and the and the safety issues and the social issues mm-hmm. that we're dealing with so that we're all speaking the same language. So, and I, I think that in a lot of ways, those people can see the problems more clearly than the leaders can. Mm-hmm. The leaders kind of have their own bucket of problems and issues that they're looking at, and the people who are actually doing the work, you know, this is like that stat that says most of the improvements, the major improvements that have happened with tools, mm-hmm. scientific tools, construction tools, they are not from an inventor sitting in a lab yeah, somewhere. They come from they the come field. They come from the people in yeah. the field. So by working with the field, we're solving these problems where they live. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we get that field educated and, and those problems kind of sussed out and worked out, we move up a level 
And yeah. now we're working with project management. And we work up a level. And before you know it, there's still room for us to continue to work with leadership if there's a call for it and if we choose it. But we work with leadership when we get to the point where those are the problems that are left to solve, where we're solving leadership problems only. Instead of trying to work with a leader and solve the field problems from there, that doesn't make a lot of sense at all. So the next big step, the next big piece of news that we'll have to share before too long is our Build the Circle uh, scholarship fund. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of that is to increase the representation of women and minorities uh, in construction leadership. And again, this is kind of taking that bottom-up approach mm -hmm. that uh, there is a, a whole conversation, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more in the scholarship podcast, but if you take a person, so let's say I have a company and I have no one black at mm -hmm. this whole company, and I have very few women and no women in leadership at this whole company. So I'm going to go and I'm going to find a black woman mm -hmm. and I'm going to stick her on the board and All I'm by herself. call her the diversity champion. Mm -hmm. uh, that is a lot of pressure. That is a lot of weight for one person to carry. Mm -hmm. uh, and so and even even if they're geared to do something like that, if they're a diversity expert. And then people will often discount them. Like, mm -hmm. well, you're just the diversity hire. Right. right. So the idea of, we had a, a conversation recently with someone about the term foreman. Mm -hmm. And doesn't that kind Should of- Should it be four person? Yeah, doesn't that kind of preclude women in mm -hmm. that role? Um, and the direction that I took with it is I felt like if we had enough women in the foreman role, in the superintendent role, in the leadership at the companies, then women would make the decision about whether that name was a problem or whether they totally didn't care about that. that name. The, the name of that title is not the reason why we don't have more women in the foreman position. Right. So the goal is not to change all of the terms. It'd be great to change all of the offensive terms that exist, but it's more important that we put enough of those people in the positions of power mm -hmm. that everything will then reflect all of those people. So more so, information coming about Build the Circle. Yeah, but the short of it is because we are working to try to get those people into the industry mm -hmm. from the bottom up at those entry level and just above entry level positions, um, if you know people who you think fit that bill, uh, you should check out the Build the Circle scholarship page on our website and learn more even before we get that podcast out. So how do they get to it? It is on our website mm -hmm. and it is under About Us. You will see Build the Circle and you can click on that and mm -hmm. there's a bunch of information. It'll be kind of changing on a regular basis, yep. but a bunch of information about it. It's also right featured on the front page mm -hmm. in that slider that goes on our site. So www.arcadewayfinding.com. Mm -hmm. And on that slider, you can see information about Build the Circle and go and read more about it. And if you know people, let us know because mm -hmm. we are working hard to try to reach those people and to reach the companies that want to partner with us and help us get that done. Yep, more information there. More up and coming. So where does that leave us? So that was the next big question then was, mm -hmm. what do we do episodes about from now on? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of that crunchy consulting stuff was kind of feeling dated to us. And now I think if we're gonna go with this whole new radical theory of organizational change, then it makes sense why that stuff seems dated. Mm -hmm. So I think we will be developing this philosophy over the upcoming months. And as we develop this philosophy more and kind of start to really center it in our business, you will hear more podcast episodes talking about 
uh, again, right now called Bottom Up Philosophy of Organizational <laughs> Change. Uh, but when it gets a cool name, you'll hear the cool name. Mm-hmm. And as as that starts to have more pieces, we will do episodes about kind of the working pieces of that theory. So we'll also be sharing tips and tricks from our basic training programs that can mm-hmm. be helpful to folks who, who can't take the program. Yep, different insights of kind of what we're teaching and, and what the value is of mm-hmm. that stuff. We also want to have some feature spots with scholarship recipients for mm-hmm. Build the Circle. And, and possibly with partner companies too. Mm-hmm. Like if anyone who, who participates in that Build the Circle program that has something interesting to say, mm-hmm. um, we'll be doing guest spots with those people because I think that's a really good information to get out there. Yeah, and developing key partnerships for that program is super important in order to put real good out into the world. Mm-hmm. And, and then just anyone else that we encounter as we go about, just like we've always done, as we go about meeting interesting people and having interesting conversations, then mm-hmm. we'll bring guests on to you as we meet them. Do we do it? I think we did it. So if you have thoughts about what kind of episodes you like, mm-hmm. what kind of episodes you would hear more of. Is there a topic that, that you're struggling with that you'd like to, to have us wax poetic about? Yeah, if, if we're going to kind of reimagine what we're doing, and I'm not going to rebrand, I'm not going to make new graphics because mm-hmm. I actually just did that and I really <laughs> like them. So we're going to just pretend like the new graphics we have right now are to kind of go They're with beautiful. this new iteration. We're on our third podcast graphic, yeah. actually. We have three so far. But... Um, if you have ideas or thoughts about where you would see this go, then I would love to hear it. So we're signing up right now for PM Basic and Foreman Basic. It starts in the middle of March, but space is extremely limited yeah, because spots of spots are running out already because of COVID restrictions. Uh, so we have social distancing in place and lots of good safety protocol. In the case that you have concerns about the safety. Uh, management, just let us know. We have a full page and program on our website that you can have access to. Yep, right at the top of the website, you can see COVID safety right in our menu bar, and mm-hmm. you can click on that and read like the, the English language rundown of what we're doing, and then you can click deeper and see the whole actual COVID safety Washington State policy that governs what we're doing. That's boring. It's boring, but some people care. That's right. We're, we're hearing that, that yeah. some people care. Yeah. So it's all there. It's there, though. We did the homework. It's all there. So you can find us. You can find us on www.arcadewayfinding.com. You can find us at foremanbasic.com. That's actually a thing. It is. It's actually a real thing yeah. for once. Foremanbasic.com and pm-basic.com. Mm-hmm. Hyphen is a dash, Mary, just so you know. It's also a hyphen, Jason, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we actually have uh, Build the Circle mm-hmm. uh, domain as yeah. well. That is build-the-circle.com. Oh, now we're using hyphens. Not dash? Oh, you prefer the dash. No, I said hyphen, and then you said, no, it's dash. And now, look, that's enough of that. <laughs> you can find us in West Seattle, so we are having... Uh, in-person meetings, but uh, everything is social distanced. Yeah, we're getting really good at managing the, the all the COVID safety regulations. Over, over the downtime in Mary's free time, she built a, a cafe app for training, which is super cool. So students can, from the comfort of their own seats and smartphones, and even before they get into class, mm-hmm. they can put in their breakfast and snack order, coffee order before they get in. And then we have all that stuff fired up and ready to go yeah. by the time it's it's training time. It's really good. We have one student who always puts his order in before he gets here. In his truck. Yeah. And uh, so my 16-year-old son, Gowan, is helping me. He's actually not quite 16 yet. 
uh, was helping me make coffee and he goes out into the classroom and he comes back and he says, uh, I just put a mocha on a desk and <laughs> no there one's doesn't here. seem to be anyone there. He's like, you think that was a mistake? And I'm like, which desk? And he tells me the desk number and I'm like, nope, he always puts it in early. It's fine. <laughs> Stay tuned for outtakes. Stay tuned for outtakes. Watch for it. Watch for it. <laughs> Welcome to the Critical Path. Try that again. Yeah, that shitty crack. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean. Okay. Do it again. And so I would like to see you record the intro. Would you? Yeah, you're giving me a hard time. Welcome to the critical. <laughs> oh, it's not as easy as you Welcome thought. Welcome to the Critical Path with Jason and Mary, a podcast about business development, company culture, and loving the place you work just a little bit more. It's not bad, but your marketing voice is like, it's like good, but it's, it's my radio really, voice. It's really fake, though. You know, that, like it's, you can feel that. You can just it's feel like, how much you don't mean it. Feel the veneer just. <laughs> Just bleeding off, just dripping. Feel you not meaning it, man. Is mine like that? Yeah. You feel me not meaning it when no, I do no, the intro? No, 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 no. I don't want to freak you out. So <laughs> that's, that's is, pretty outtakes at the end. So it's this cool. is 